1: Hello and welcome to another edition of the Lucha Central Weekly Podcast This is the podcast that lets you know all of the latest happening in the world of Lucha Libre. Each week, our team discusses news and events from this past week, as well as preview the week ahead, covering Mexico-based promotions and top independents, along with Luchador-related news from throughout the United States. The Lucha Central Weekly Podcast is part of the Lucha Central Podcast Network on LuchaCentral.com. This podcast and others from the network are also available on all major podcast streaming platforms. Platforms including iTunes, Spotify, iHeartRadio, PodBay, Speaker, Google Play, and more. And don't forget, this show is also featured through our partners at TheChairShot.com. My name is Miranda Morales, and I'm one of the co-hosts of the Lucha Central Weekly Podcast. And let's bring in the rest of the team. Introducing first, he is the dashing one, Mr. Dusty Murphy. Dusty, how are you?
2: i'm doing
3: fantastic how are you doing miranda
1: i am doing well very very well and of course well we can't do this show without the third member of this trio and that's who 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 it is the one and only brendan Barr.
2: hey how we doing
1: very good very good brendan how's it going with you
2: oh i'm excited this has been a great week
1: Yes, yes, I totally, uh, get it. So much news to cover, uh, so many things happening. Um, it is a busy fall, super busy fall. And man, just, just when you think you know what to expect, uh, you know, things keep on <laughs> things happening. Things change. Yes, yeah. Things change. And we'll definitely get into that on this week's, uh, episode because, uh, lots of surprises, uh, uh-huh. this week in the world of wrestling. Uh-huh yes, with that, I do want to start off uh briefly talking about the p w i women's one fifty as of recording today's episode uh we have gotten at least the top ten uh of the p w i women's one fifty at least you know uh provided to the general public the actual full 150 list is now available for all of you pwi subscribers uh and you know anyone who has access to it but i do
2: five dollars to buy the digital copy
1: i do want to point out some of the notable names in the top 10 of course because we are the lucha central weekly podcast some of our bigger more lucha you know oriented names um at number three We do have your current AAA Reina de Reinas champion and Impact knockout women's champion, Diana Paraso at number three. We have number five, Thunder Rosa, at number eight, Io Shirai, and rounding off the top ten, Raquel Gonzalez. Yeah. So, I wanted to get your guys' <laughs> thoughts on this. Of course, and you know, number 1 being Bianca Belair, um, which I think, you know, did catch some people by surprise, but as far as the overall top 10, a real, uh, you know, big mix of um wrestlers from all over the world, really, because mm-hmm. I know some names from, um, Stardom was also on there as well, which is, you know, not necessarily very well known or, um, with U.S. audiences, but a really good presence on the top 10 list. But going back to, you know, kind of my original question about, you know, what are your thoughts on, on these names specifically related to Lucha Libre, you know, Lucha adjacent on this list?
2: Well, uh- I I just I'm real quick on this. Uh, First off, I wanted to echo your point. I saw that they they definitely were trying for a lot more variety. The fact that Bianca Belair, who was not in the top 10, is now at number one shows they're really looking at the overall mix of things. Uh, As far as Lucha stuff, I'm going to let Dusty lead the way on that because I I did jump right in. Go ahead, Dusty.
3: Yeah, no, I was mostly really pleased with Thunder Rosa's ranking, her being number five, Britt Baker number four. It it was their feud with each other that got them that ranking. Like, And obviously having the title gives Britt Baker the edge. But if Thunder Rosa can be number five this year with no title, imagine what she can do next year. Like Mm – that's such a sign of promise for her and such a quickly rising star for her. I mean, think about
2: mm-hmm. where
3: she was when the pandemic started and now. Like she really, yeah, I just, I, I'm real pleased for her and pleased for the trajectory of this for her because she really earned it with her work throughout the pandemic. Like it, it speaks for itself.
2: Mm-hmm. Speaking of promise, my girl Raquel cracking the top yeah. head.
3: That was incredible, too.
1: that, too. I mean, when you think of 2020, 2020 was really Raquel's year from the beginning of the year at NXT TakeOver Portland through the end. I mean, really, that is an incredible scene of growth for for her um, and a complete 180.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I mean, she's earned every step of it. So I I wasn't shocked, but I was super happy to see that, you know, I mean, top 10 out of 150 women is a huge, huge deal.
1: Yeah. And as far as you know, the highest ranking lucha adjacent wrestler on this with Diana Prats, so I know winning the AAA Arena to Arena's championship on top of you know her lengthy reign as Knockouts champion definitely added that fuel. I mean, she has been one of the most yeah. dominant women in all of pro wrestling, still competing regularly on the independent scene, crossing over uh, to to the NWA and really anywhere that she can. But, I mean, truly when you think of her reign and her um, impact in in women's wrestling, Mm -hmm. no pun intended, I mean, she has really done wonders for being a non-WWE wrestler. And if anything, already being, you know, going through that system and not finding the level of success that she's been able to have an impact. I mean, she has literally gone through everyone in the knockouts division, every opponent, including the surprise of Thunder Rosa, you know, at Slammiversary. Mm-hmm. I mean, it all kind of winds in together. So I'm also very happy uh, for Deanna Parrazzo's really high ranking in this. Um, Io Shirai at number eight. Um, you know, she was the predecessor to Raquel Gonzalez in the NXT women's division, but mm-hmm. also now, you know, as a tag uh NXT Women's Tag Champion and really someone who has been a, a pillar of that division now for over a year. I mean, even We've- just this week on NXT, they were talking about how, you know, she headlined last year's Halloween Havoc um, or, or one of the headlines there. And I mean, just to see the work that she's done in the past year.
2: I just real quick want to remind people why Io Shirai is being talked about here, because you don't necessarily look at her and her style and think Correct. she's Lucha Libre. Uh, she did spend time in Mexico, she also did that infamous ninja episode on Lucha Underground, like, it's a, it, she legit has yeah. Has worked Lucha and, yes. and it is, a I very important part her of, of her history. Yeah. 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 Yeah.
1: Yeah. 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 Well, and even some of her moons, I'll, I'll talk a little bit about her match, um, you know, this week in NXT, but regularly is a high flyer and incorporates, uh, moonsault 619s, um, in, in yeah. her, you know, kind of regular repertoire. Yeah.
2: Uh, I, I also, sorry, I I didn't, if you were gonna keep going, I didn't. No, know, no, 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 so.
1: no, no, I uh, didn't mean to interrupt yours.
2: I, I had, uh, I had the, uh, the the point earlier that, uh, Sasha Banks always refers to her history with, uh, growing up uh, admiring, uh, Eddie Guerrero, which is something that is mm-hmm. not it's important to note that wrestlers yeah. like Sasha Banks now are growing up being influenced by Rey Mysterios and Eddie, Eddie Guerrero's and and Lucha's influence is, is traveling that way too. Yeah. So, uh, not, well, not directly Lucha adjacent because she had a pretty traditional American education and, and is, her style is very American South wrestling. Uh, she still throws the frog splash and the three and me goes in whenever she mm-hmm. can. So yeah. it's, you know, and it's always nice to see that that influence still seeping through.
1: Yeah. And as far as the evaluation period, because this was something I was curious about, the evaluation period ran from October 1st, 2020 through September 30th, 2021. So when you think about, too, you know, where people rank yeah. in this and and uh all of that, again, I don't have the full list, but, um, you know, I think just. These, you know, within the top 10 is a very interesting sign of, you know, what they evaluated, what they looked at. And it does also make sense when you look at that evaluation period, why Bianca Belair was number one, mm-hmm. um, as far as, you know, winning the rumble, headlining, you know, night one of WrestleMania, a very continuance, you know, dominance and, and presence on the SmackDown women's roster, um, very big milestones.
2: Yeah. Yeah yeah. and you can say the same thing like you did with uh Raquel. Like during yeah. that evaluation period she was on fire. She Absolutely. was Absolutely. Like yeah. even when she wasn't in the title picture, she was in the main event picture every week. So, yeah. you know, how do you avoid her should that and the force that she is? Yeah.
3: This was also the first time since 2014 one of the four horsewomen of NXT hadn't been in the top five of the list. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's a big deal when we got, like, Diana Perazzo and Thunder Rosa in the top five. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Knocking those four horses. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
1: And this well, like, was I, the year that they expanded from 100 to 150.
2: Yeah. Like I said, yeah. it really looks to me like they put more of an eye on having, which is why I'm really curious to see what the rest of the list looks like. On having a more diverse array of talent being considered. Like yeah. a lot of the time the, the PWI list is the, a couple of the super indie promotions and then the, the, the big ones on television. And yeah. that's, you know, uh, but they clearly put more effort into broadening where they're looking for this and, and it, it show, it in shows in this top 10. Uh, traditionally they're not great on having a lot of Lucha Libre representation. There are some people who have strong opinions as to, uh, where Lucha Libre kind of stands in the hierarchy of things, but, uh, uh, I, I look forward to seeing, I think we'll probably come back, swing back around and talk about it once we've had a chance to digest the issue, uh, for the, the rest of the 150.
1: Yes. Good points. Well, with that detour, you know what that means. We're heading back straight to the road back to shows with Brendan. Detour road. I see what you did there. I'm full of fun. Uh
2: so uh for once I'm actually uh for once in, in a while here, uh in a decent while I'm gonna talk about what what Mexico City is doing. They announced they're moving into the Green Health Code. Um this means they're going to start easing up restrictions. Outdoor shows will now be allowed to be at full capacity. Uh you can have uh outdoor sp- or indoor spaces like bars and nightclubs at 50%. Obviously with face masks, everybody wear your face mask, stay safe. uh maskscom uh I don't um so so and he's he, got new masks too at com. Mm-hmm. There's a new
3: it's, Joker, there's a new Phoenix, a oh. Yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah. I wasn't trying to go for that big of a derail yet. We're gonna have opportunity to talk about that. But yeah, uh but yeah, so Mexico City is trying to pretend like things are moving towards normal. Uh outdoor shows being at full capacity means that we might see more outdoor venues being used uh for, for AAA shows in particular, since they mix up their venues. We, that won't change. It won't affect CMLL very much other than, and I'll get to, to this, that some shows are getting up to 75% capacity for at arena, Mexico. So, um, we're getting there. We're getting there. But again, to, to the earlier sidetrack, where your mask kids. Um, Actually, I said I was going to get to it, but right there, CMLL had a press conference. Uh, they're going to be up at 70% for uh, upcoming shows. They're going to start with uh, the Day of the Dead show, and uh, it's probably going to move forward with that. They're Definitely, though, you're going to see a more full and more robust crowd at that Day of the Dead show, which is good, because uh, they always add to the atmosphere of that show. uh um, and then moving away from scary COVID news, Mass Republic has announced a partnership with Future House Publishing and the Munoz Dynasty to create a series of stories centered around Dralistico, Dragon Lee, and Rouge that are going to be bilingually pr- published. I didn't get any confirmation whether these are just going to be all word and, uh, with light illustrations or if they're going to be comic books, but... Either way, I'm kind of excited. It's yeah, not, you know, Mass Republic's been big on trying to bring back the uh, the kind of legacy of luchadors and, and pop culture and being like almost like superhero like figures was a huge part of that. So, you know, now we might have to do it a little differently. But I like that it, this is based around the Munoz family. So there's lots of different kinds of characters you can have. I'm sure. Bestia will be in there as well, but they did specifically mention the the brothers, at least to go Dragon Lee and Roosh. Um And then my last one is more good news. The Santino Brothers started uh, advertising for their first show Saturday, November 27th. So Santino Brothers Academy in California – We talked a while ago that they were back in classes. Now they're running shows. And the first match that I saw announced, it was Bad Boy Tito against Slice Boogie. Yes. So (laughs) I knew knew Miranda would be excited about that Yes,
1: I'm definitely fangirling over (laughs) Tito versus Slice because that's – that's his hoss fight. That's the that's, equivalent of a Latino hoss fight right there. Yeah,
2: that's a, that's two Latino hosses just going to, at it. And, uh, you know, uh, if you're sitting in the front row of that, you probably are going to need to practice getting out of the way because a big slab of meat is going to come flying. Ain't,
1: they, they got no time for this shit. That's exactly what's <laughs> happened. They got no time for your shit.
2: Uh So I'm excited. Congratulations on getting back. Santino Rose uh, School is a big part of of uh, the West Coast Lucha scene, and uh, those those two in a match alone is 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 probably worth the price of admission. So you know, keep your eyes open on that if you're in the area. Uh Think about going. Uh, I'm gonna try and figure out how to a way to to get results from them because I want to cover that. That's my road back to shows. I'm going to slip on over to the indie roundup now. Um, I'm only, I'm only covering a couple of few things here. We did have Defy showing up in Los Angeles last week, as I, we talked about at the very end of the show. Uh, they did have three lucha related matches here. They had, uh, uh, Titus Alexander and Matt. I cut off Matt's last name <laughs> against, uh, La Rebellion uh consisting of Mecha Wolf and Damian 666. Uh this was kind of chaotic and and brawly from everything I've heard, which you know uh is makes me happy. Uh the uh the, the uh, I didn't get the results on that. I don't know how I managed to miss that. Uh law rebellion came out on top on that one. Didn't put that in, but I'm I'm 99% sure that's what happened. Uh you also had super panda and adriel noctis and jordan oasis uh in in a uh three-way match super panda came out on top on that Uh, again i will remind people that jordan oasis highly lucha trained from up here he's down in the vegas area so you know also always worth keeping your eye on when you're in the area and then uh the one that i know miranda had her eyes on we had viva van and sandra moon and uh Unsurprisingly to me, seeing as the name of the show was Hellbent, <laughs> Viva Van did win this match. But, uh, I've heard nothing but good things about it. They went on mm-hmm. super late in the card. Everybody seemed to be super excited for the match. Uh, congratulations to Viva Van for a big win and on a big platform. Yes. Uh, we did, we did interview her here. She did talk a little bit about being excited about returning to the LA area. If you haven't heard that yet, go check that out too. Um, all in all, it's, Defy had a successful event. They did also have La Rebellion signing, uh, books over at, uh, Republic of Lucha, books and anything else you chose to bring in. So, a uh, great weekend for Defy and Lucha Libre in the Los Angeles area uh IWRG in their mountain of matches was doing a they did a night that was themed around Squid Games. So they had a main event. On, Interesting. On
1: the 17th, right? Can they claim to be the first promotion to capitalize on that? They're I the first so. one I'm aware of. Yeah.
2: Which as as uh Lucha Blog mentioned over on on his the the, the nor normally Lucha is way behind the times like we're the last ones to get these uh, pop culture references into our show. So uh, them being the first kind of, kind of cool. Uh, so yeah, on the sun, it's uh, on Sunday, the 17th, it's up on their YouTube channel. I believe by now they had a, uh, a, a number of matches that were themed around squid games. The main event being uh, a cage match with Hijo uh, del Pireta Morgan giant Orion from the, the Canada shows they've, they were bringing down before, Maximo, Lolita, Diosa Quetzal, Hijo de la Brije, Halloween Jr., Viano 5 Jr., uh, Caballero de Plata, Supernova, and Cerebra Negro. The, the concept behind this is that the wrestlers will, will get 5,000 pesos for each wrestler that is eliminated the match will go on until wrestlers agree to stop or one wrestler remains. And nobody knew who was going to be in this match until they came out. Um, so Piretta, to Piretta Morgan wound up on top on this. I haven't seen how this played out. I could also be lying when I say a cage. I thought it was a cage, but I'm not seeing that in the recap here. So, uh yeah, so, I mean, interesting match concept, interesting that it's based on, like, they, uh, apparently they all had Squid Games references in their costuming when they came out. So, uh, worth checking out. I, I haven't, like I said, I haven't gotten a ch- chance to, to fully check it out, but I totally want to go check that match in particular out. But that's, uh, the 1017 show on IWRG on their YouTube channel. Also on YouTube, Lucha Libre Boom had a, a a card this week, which you can see the whole card or you can tune in like I did for the main event, which was Averno versus Mystico. Uh, I'm, it's, it's so good to have the old school Mystico and Averno in a match. It felt natural, like they'd never stopped feuding with each other. Uh, masks were torn, chairs were thrown, beer was grabbed, and all the, the usual things. Uh, absolutely worth checking out if you are a fan of that more Texas kind of roughhouse mixed with a little bit of high flying because Averno and Mystico can still fly. Uh Mystico did come out on top with uh, La Mystica as, as he should, uh, you know, the good guys need to win once in a while. Uh But that's a great match. Uh, and that's my Indie Roundup for this week. I'm going to once again point out, uh, in addition to me traveling to places like PCW Ultra this weekend, I'm always taking submissions for, for coverage. So, uh, you know, uh, I know in the past we've had, uh, uh, coastal championship wrestling and, uh, uh, all, uh, well, uh, <laughs> an Idaho promotion whose name I'm going to get wrong. I apologize. Uh, the, uh. Well, I know d- we've, we've
1: covered different. On, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I was gonna say we covered, you know, out here on the West Coast Phoenix uh Phoenix yeah. Championship Wrestling, future yep. stars of wrestling. Um mm-hmm. yeah, coastal championship based out of Florida, I believe. So I mean yes. we've covered a a, a lot um yeah. of of promotions um already through this.
2: Indeed. No, what I was getting at is Coastal Championship and uh and a couple of the others are did specific submissions. So I yes. uh, I would like to Always have the submissions. We try and get as much of this on the air. That's why I don't read all of the IWRG results because they do four <laughs> shows a week, but I wanna save room for you guys. So you know, give us a give us a line. Shoot we'll give out our socials later. But uh always if you're a wrestler, if you're a uh promoter, if you're a fan and you want me want us to talk about your favorite or promotion or the one that's paying you this week, let us know and we will uh you know. We'll take care of you. But that's uh, my Indie Roundup for the week.
1: <laughs> Great. Thank you, Brendan, for both the Road Back to Shows and the Indie Roundup. Up next, you know what time it is. We're going to kick it Denis- to Denise Salcedo, who brings us this week's Alucha Central Central. Why should you visit TheChairShot.com?
2: TheChairShot.com is your home for hard-hitting reviews, news,
4: opinion, and analysis with attitude. <gasps> Why?
1: And as always, a big thank you to Denise Salcedo, letting you know what's happening throughout the Lucha Central Podcast Network. So, to start off this week's round of news, we're going to start with Triple A. Dusty, go ahead and take it away.
3: Yeah, well, the big news coming out of Triple A this week was Eel del Vikingo will challenge Kenny Omega for the Triple A Mega Campeon Championship. At Mania Rasia, it's officially Mania Rasia, on December the 4th. The show itself is allegedly going to start at 6 p.m. Central Time, <laughs> but if you've ever watched Triple you know that that timing is approximate at best. It'll probably start around 6.40. <laughs> but, uh yeah, seriously though, it's around 6.40. But… So much that's cool going on here. Also in early times shows they're gonna to try to draw in a, a little bit of a younger audience, I feel, or a wider audience. I'll touch on that later. They had a press conference to announce all of this. Vikingo was on stage and he wasn't aware he was being announced as Kenny's opponent. And they oh. let him find out on stage. It was wow. a really emotional moment. So cool. It it was impossible not to be swayed by his emotion and just feel invested in his emotional investment in the match. You know, like we shared that watching it. I thought that was a, a genius move on Triple A's part. Kenny has publicly said that he really wants to wrestle Vikingo. Like that was his triple A dream match. And rumor had been going around that Kenny had been wanting to drop the title. To Vikingo because he saw him as like the, or not if the guy, but a next future top guy. And he felt like, you know, that, that maybe Triple A wasn't given enough shine to Vikingo. Vikingo kind of felt the same way and stayed home for a little while during the pandemic. <laughs> There's a big thing, but everything did have a on- baby. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, why did his paternity leave? Like <laughs> yes, yes. and that's that's fair to ask.
1: <laughs> it's a very modern and thing. Especially to do. during
3: the pandemic. You know, at yeah. that point there were no vaccines. I mean, it was kind of admirable, honestly, especially when he had to stand up to everybody to do it. But now everything's back on track with the Kingo and AAA. Who knows if he gets to win? He should. If there was ever a time for Kenny to drop the belt to somebody, it's right now. This is how you make Vikingo a star. I don't know how long AAA has him tied up under contract. If they get him for another couple of years and pull this trigger, they've got an international star on their hands. We'll, we'll touch on it later in the show, but we saw what Kenny Omega did with Ray Phoenix and their match for the Omega Champion Championship Match of the year 2019, great match. Did so much to bring so much attention to AAA. People that I, you know, knew that watched wrestling and didn't watch W or only watched WWE or didn't watch AAA, or sometimes people just on the street when they would see me in my lucha bro shirt would occasionally mention, "Oh yeah, Ray Phoenix and Kenny Omega," like mm-hmm. they they had seen the match online. And so this has that opportunity uh, to bring people in. I don't know what's going on with the lawsuit. It feels like AAA is just trying to wait them out. I don't know if that tactic's going to work, but they're really, the momentum they've got is so hot right now, they should do everything they can to to cash in on an American showing for this, because people will want to see this match. I, I'm telling you now, it's going to be a match of the year contender, if not the match of the year. I'll, I'll touch on it a little more here in a second. The other match announced so far was Kane Velasquez, Pagano, and Psycho Clown versus Luchador Supresa, Rey Escorpión, and Black Taurus. Big AAA shows lately have had seven to nine matches on the card, so I'm expecting five to six more matches, including a Marvel Lucha Libre match. Remember I mentioned that early Mm -hmm. start time? There's no way there won't be a Marvel Lucha Libre match that close to Christmas and the holiday season with the early start time. They're going to announce those, I feel, in the next two to five weeks. AAA has been happy to promote the recent shows by announcing the card well in advance. And if they're going to attempt to sell tickets and make this show happen in front of a big crowd, then they're going to have to reinforce the idea that this is a big show, and it's going to have to have important, big, high-stakes matches. And as we kind of mentioned before, not just kind of, but the Vikingo match should be one of those high-stakes matches. right. The press conference was a great step towards that. It made it feel important. You saw the importance of it to Vikingo, but AAA still has a lot of work to do if they want us, the general public, especially the international public, to see mm -hmm. this match as a huge deal. And it absolutely should be a huge deal, but AAA has a problem building big matches and building fan investment in those matches. (laughs)
2: Lucha. (laughs)
1: Has yeah, a yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was gonna general. say.
2: <laughs> yeah. I mean, the
1: build up to the match isn't always there. The match itself is fairly well, solid, but the build up to it is not always, you know, right. uh, <laughs> there. Yeah, <laughs>
3: and and I think that's exactly what we've got. I think that if you know, I think that it's very possible this could be the best singles match ever. And triple A history, you know, like what we're Mm -hmm. getting ready to see. I think it could be, um, you know, a match that people look back on for a a very, very long time. These two guys, Lucha Blog touched on this. It's impossible to mess this up. Like these two guys are so good. No matter what you let them do, it's going to be incredible. I mean, yeah really incredible. Uh, Kenny Omega is one of the best in the world now. Regardless of your feelings about him or his place in his booking, his actual in-ring work is one of the best in the world. And Vikingo might be the best hidden secret in all of wrestling right now. Like, Conan's been trying to tell everybody, but the general (laughs) public isn't super aware of Vikingo. And so they could easily put on like the surprise best match that's ever happened in AAA, maybe the best match that's ever happened in mexico and i don't think that's an exaggeration a lot of people you'd say something like that and they'd be like it's hyperbole you're trying to hype up the match but with kenny and vikingo it really feels like they're capable of a big match like that mm-hmm. it At least with the trios match, I don't know who the surprise Luchador will be. It does not feel as fresh and as exciting. Kane Velasquez coming back is a very big deal, but it's just kind of a shuffling of the match he was in before. So I think that actually shows too that AAA understands what they've got with Omega Vikingo and that it's really going to be a big deal and treated like a big deal. At least that's my opinion and my hope. Yeah. They also announced, Darian Rolden says that AAA is planning a huge anniversary event next year on May 15th, 2022. That's 30 years to the day of the first ever AAA show. May 15th is also on a Sunday next year, so you can oh, have a big yeah. afternoon WrestleMania style, you know, big, big match. Maybe the biggest card they've ever had things are looking up for triple a right now i don't know that their prospects have been this good in i mean i i've been watching AAA a for about 20 years now ooh more than that now 25 years now and yeah. uh, And it feels like this is maybe not the hottest they've ever been, but the the chance they've had to make it to the next step. Like, I don't know that they've ever felt closer. And this Lucha Libre FMV, the Full Media Ventures lawsuit between the Lucha Underground stakeholders and AAA, they have got to figure something out. It is going to completely derail anything they've got.
2: So they, not completely. I do need not to, completely.
3: Yeah, but I mean, they
2: have this deal with uh with AEW going on there, and they seem to be leveraging it pretty well. I what I've been trying to sneak in. Yes, know. yeah. Go ahead. They, Don't mention
3: yeah. that because that's yeah. Important, this too.
2: Yeah, so they and because because Kenny Omega's involved, they can very easily get this match put uh, out in America under the AEW auspices. And uh to your 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 point about them waiting it out, that legally speaking from everything I know from my business degree, that's what they need to do in their position. Unfortunately, as to your point, the momentum they've got says that they can't do that. So yeah. they have to yeah. do these weird things. It's uh. this
3: weird confluence of necessity versus momentum, and what do you what do? You do? Yeah. I mean, what is the more cash advantageous decision? Do you wait it out and keep your money, or do you try to pay them off and make money on this? I mean legitimately I feel like this is something you could sell tickets to in a movie theater. And people, you know, are kind of doing that now, you know, yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, obviously they can't right now, but it's that, that level of quality. And so if AAA could make that step, I think that they could be, you know, easily on, you know, the largest international brand in America. It would be so Mm -hmm. much easier than it is for New Japan coming across the ocean. And great for us Lucha Libre fans. So hopefully we'll see some of that. For all the AAA news, anything that comes out between the time you hear this podcast and the time you hear the next one, check out LuchaCentral.com. Pep Carrera will have all the AAA news on there, and he will have everything else Lucha Libre on there because it's your place for all things Lucha Libre.
1: Well, this creates kind of an interesting segue. I know we'll get into it a little bit later. But this week in AEW, of course, we got the scheduling changes, uh, you know, with with right. uh, baseball, but also a really big swerve. Just yes. a swerve. Oh, swerve the hell out of us. <laughs> and
3: so we, we mentioned it last week, happening again this week. By the time you hear this, it may have already happened. Dynamite has moved to Saturdays. It makes our schedule for the show a little odd with the recording schedule because we're, we're off when we're normally not off a week. We'll catch back up next week. But also, before I forget, we had Rampage. We'll have the Dynamite for the main discussion, but Rampage was recorded last week. At a fan of the show was there, sent me some information. Friend of mine, who also listens to the show, said that they saw Andrade versus Pac 2. That was the big spoiler. By the time the show drops, you'll know this happened, so it's not spoiling much. They said it was one of the best matches of the year and the best match that they had ever seen in person. Like, they had never been in person to a match of that caliber. Said it was incredible. Pac wins. So, yeah. You know, I mean, I I don't know if we're going to go for the trilogy. We'll see. I, I I asked for no details on that. I mean, like I wanted to know who won, but <laughs> I, I I didn't want to know how, so I could enjoy. Yeah. It. So
2: you can enjoy the match, yeah.
3: Yeah. And after the match, the lights go out. Malachi Black appears. He attacks Pack. Cody comes out to make the save, and then he cuts a promo and says that he will never turn heel. He's babyface until he dies because he loves the energy from the crowd too much, which is you know i don't know it feels a little heel to me so you know whatever
2: but (laughs) there's cody (laughs) yeah
3: and now we get to dynamite so this is really the discussion this week the the mask team andrade announced a mask team to take on lucha bros for the aaa world tag team titles we were all prepared lots of hypothesizing especially after heroes immortales when the lee brothers showed up everybody thought we might get to see dragon land Drillistico and AEW, but when they got there they they had these green suits on very i mean the suits looked great everything was done right but under the masks it was ftr yeah and mm. and, and so like so much We'll touch on bullet points and then we'll discuss. So FTR good enough on their own. They don't need the masks like that was not for me, but everything they did was right. They had iron Mike Woody make the masks. They looked great. The boots were Eddie Guerrero style. They had the flames up the boots, two different Mm -hmm. Eddie Guerrero style boots. The suits were fantastic. Everything was done just right. But the the bait and switch with us being told we were getting a masked team and it would WWE, we absolutely would have expected something like this because, <laughs> you know, that's what they do. But AEW has kind of conditioned us to expect the best. And why not just announce FTR? Andrade's yeah. involvement. Why is he involved? Mm-hmm. The FTR part of the pinnacle, I, the whole thing is just, oh boy, I don't know.
2: It's, it's again back to being a weird convoluted too many too many people are allowed to influence the storyline kind of deal here because you just overbooked yeah you didn't need FTR under the mass you you Correct. didn't need this weird thing with Andrade being aligning with with the pinnacle for one night only uh which they even gave us a follow-up angle later where they show Andrade and uh, MJF meeting in a stairwell of all things uh, and and MJF went out of his way to say this is only for tonight so th- yeah. that felt like they had to cover up the fact like we want to make sure the fans know that Andrade is not part of the pinnacle so why do this angle in the first place if you have to waste two more minutes later to make sure fans know Andrade is not part of the, fin- pin- the pinnacle like it did nothing to forward Andrade at all so why involve him uh, ah yeah. yeah, yeah. I, I mean, they, yeah, put, no, they I, put. it – so
1: much. So you made a good point as far as the level of detail that they went into into creating these the gear. And setting this angle up to the point where you could have just said a surprise tag team because that actually would have left the door even wider open. I mean, I I don't know if they just really did that so that fans would not assume it was FTR, but just saying a a mystery tag team, you know, or just that you're not going to know who your opponents are until they get into the ring. It just seems it was a lot of effort put in to make it for, for really nothing um and yeah. and the fact that you also mentioned uh that MJF and, and Andrade meeting to specifically outline that this partnership is for <laughs> one night only and yeah. you know it it sets things up for maybe a long-term feud with um, you know, FTR versus the Lucha Bros. And going back to what you said, I mean, if we are gonna talk about the positives of this, it does allow the Triple A tag team titles to have more US mainstream yes, visibility. Absolutely. But that is because you put it you had to put it on a US team. Just like now you have your uh you know, mega champion and you know, on US television, your Reina Arena's champion on US television. So I do understand the model of it, but I feel like the way they went about it was a little ridiculous. They put a lot of effort and overbooked something that didn't need to get to this yep. level. Absolutely,
2: I, as we said off the air, I, I, FTR versus the Lucha Bros would have been enough for me to buy in. Like, yeah, I that's have, all it takes. I have a ton of respect yeah. for FTR's ability. They, uh, you know, they they will sell themselves publicly as not being a lucha team because people in the states think lucha is. All about flips and high flying, but they're about locks and and brawling, so they're very Texas style. It would have been a fantastic match just on that ground alone. And, uh, you know, I felt that actually detracted from my enjoyment of this match, which was kind of on my tag team dream matches for this year. Yeah, And it's also
1: a big accomplishment For FTR now To be, you know, literally They have swept the game of tag team wrestling Mm -hmm. You know, they have won Almost every tag team championship There is to win Which is a huge accomplishment for them But to go about it in this way (coughs) Makes it I mean super rudo which we commend. However, yeah, yeah. <laughs> don't get us wrong, especially Dusty, you know. Uh, <laughs> Dusty is the Rudo king, you know. Always will <laughs> appreciate Rudo style. However, it was just super convoluted and overbooked.
2: Yeah. No, I uh I I thought, you know, I I had to ask myself that. I had to step back and ask myself that. Like Am I angry about this because I just got worked by a really amazing swerve, and then I looked at it and went, no, this is just yeah. over overbooked. Well, That's I have fine. a
3: kayfabe theory on it all, you know. Penta oh. and Phoenix, they were prepared for a Lucha team, perhaps even one of the teams from Heroes and They yeah. were not prepared – for a ground-based ground, bra- ground based brawler match like with FTR. They prepared mm-hmm. for a lucha match. So that, along with the head games that FTR played by dressing up and playing along... Played into Andrade's plans and cost the Lucha Bros the like the tag team titles. FTR got them. It wasn't so much about FTR as for whatever reason Andrade just wanted to take the titles away from the well, Lucha Bros to show he. Got. And
1: that also makes it a very interesting question mark about what happens now with Andrade, especially you know exactly. if you know do we see more of a multi man. Warfare where you do have You know Death Triangle versus What Andrade versus FTR But I thought that partnership was Only one time only or You know like it just makes It that's where it seems like it Could go but is that the direction It really is going to go in or They're going to keep those feuds separated For the time being Um You know I just yeah. I don't I don't know well,
3: Maybe maybe FTR's you know, kind of hitched their wagon to Andrade. He got them some tag titles when Pinnacle couldn't, you know, that's a pretty effective thing for a leader to do.
1: I don't think the Pinnacle is even really active right now, you know, just kind of like, I mean, the inner circle is kind of in another feud, but I could also see the Pinnacle maybe kind of doing their own separate thing, which at this point I think would be fine too. You know, I saw
2: those five masked men attacking somebody backstage. (laughs)
1: i you know i just i guess it's very much why you know and and you go to it like when you think of this from a cultural and and lucha fanatic standpoint you essentially have a traditional american team hiding under masks very good looking and and very well put together gear to win the triple a tag team titles. Now, this would be something I could obviously see happening in AAA, though. So, it's not like yeah. the storyline itself is offensive, but I think the no. way that you get there is a little bit... I don't I don't know. I guess the first initial reaction is a little you know, yeah. iffy because, because of... To swing, you
2: know, yeah. To swing it back around, this could turn into an incredibly positive thing depending on how they do it. If this is all part of a big story that... Uh, uh, evolves over the next several weeks, and you know, leads to to other things. Then we could all be eating our words. But uh, yeah,
3: and uh, and I hope that's true.
2: I I just I I have less I have less and less faith that AEW is doing that because it always feels like what happens is they just tell I, we know this for a fact that that they just tell the wrestlers the finish and they work out all the details, right? So like we. <sighs> That means that you've got all of these creative minds trying to come up with things and nobody telling them, maybe let's dial that back a bit or do, you know, do a program that involves all of these things. Uh, so it's a lot of the time it just turns into kind of a muddy mess. However, I will point out back to my point in the previous segment, we could see FDR, Triple Mania, Regia.
3: I, I think we will. I don't see how they not come at this point. <laughs> I especially hope so. with them trying to put on a big show for Regia at uh, Mexico yeah. City being green again, as you mentioned. Like mm-hmm. there there's a lot going into this and honestly, F T R versus Lucha Bros in Mexico City is hot ticket. Like Yep you know it makes me wish i could be there
2: <laughs> uh you know and again i it'll be interesting to see if they experiment with uh, AEW distributing that pay-per-view somehow i mean how cool would it be if they oh, just put up
3: amazing
2: put up parts of it on their youtube channel or made it their own little mini pay-per-view or any of that sort of thing yeah yeah
3: and we also have to mention you know somebody who was very vocally a big fan of this was Vicky Guerrero. Oh, that's true. Yeah. yeah, And and she, she was on uh, Twitter. You know, she really was a big fan of this match, big fan of FTR winning. She obviously highlighted, uh, like I mentioned that they had the Eddie Guerrero style boots, um, but also, you know, that these were the same titles that Eddie Guerrero and Art Barr once held. You know, they were A mm-hmm. AAA tag team champions as well. Almost said AEW, but they were not. They were AAA <laughs> tag team champions. And and so it kind of shows the history and lineage in all of this. And if there's anybody that cares about the, the history and doing things right and honoring the history of wrestling and especially tag team wrestling, mm-hmm. it's FTR. We've seen that you know they really have a lot of veneration for bret hart because of the Hart foundation um tag team wrestling everything that they did and so i think that if out of every tag team in aew they could have chosen the team that would show it the most respect and do the most work to make sure that it got over and the titles get over as much as anything else would be ftr
2: i do have to yeah, so I do have to point out on your tag team veneration thing, a thing that I really love is their new entrance music is a blending of the rock and roll express and midnight express musics. So yeah, oh, so that, that
1: makes sense. that actually <laughs> makes a lot of sense, and that's, that's still, actually yeah. pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, one hundred. Well, i like we not mad yeah. at them anymore. That's very <laughs> cool. That's pretty cool. Uh, but you know, I, I I do think it goes back to what we were saying. What they do with the, the follow up next is going to be key. Um, you know, it's a very big swerve. So to their credit, a huge surprise, and it does tie into elements of two different stories. But you know, again, AEW for what they put on together in big matches, sometimes storyline wise doesn't make a lot of sense. They overlook it. Is WCW Nitro type of booking, Mm -hmm. one hundred percent. And you think fans tend to let AEW get away with it because the matches themselves are amazing. What they do in the ring is amazing. But it also, at the end of the day, depends on what kind of wrestling fan you are and what matters more to you. If you are just more concentrated with what's happening in the ring, the storyline buildup doesn't quite matter. And if you're vice versa, more of a storyline-driven person, they could do great things in the ring, but you're not drawn to what they're doing because the storyline isn't matching up for you. So, you know...
2: Oh, you could have such a superior product if you just balance those a little more. Like, it, I mean, Yeah. You know, when you're building you're a sandwich, you don't add fire, extra right? bread to the sandwich. Yes. You don't add a, you don't add too much meat or it'll fall apart, that, right? That's you a great know? analogy. And, yeah. So
1: good. And I'm hungry now, yeah, so that. thank yeah. you. <laughs> but also, absolutely right. You are preaching to the choir here, Ryan Bar. Like I, 100%. Uh, <laughs> 100%.
2: I know you guys are behind me on this, but I just, <laughs> I have to, I want to get these yeah. out into the universe. Yeah.
1: Yes. <laughs> Very well, much it, agree.
2: Yeah.
3: I I just agree with, with everything. And a lot of times triple or not triple a, but not triple a for sure. Oh. AEW can like, sometimes something doesn't make sense. And then the story makes sense. Like you're just seeing the first piece, mm-hmm. but hopefully that's where we're at right now. It, yeah, I mean great match. Should have should have been the marquee. Like I feel like more people would have tuned in if they'd known it was FTR.
2: Yeah. So yeah, we'll see, see where true. it's
3: going. It's just a very interesting choice. Well this Saturday again, Dynamite moves back to Wednesday next week for all the AEW news and everything more, just like I mentioned at the end of the triple A segment. Check out LuchaCentral dot com. Pep's got everything up there. So all the updates and everything will be there. Anything you need to know going forward. Hopefully we'll have a lot of exciting Lucha news next week in AEW. It'll be great to see where this all goes. I'm excited to see where it all goes. I haven't one been way, excited about the tag titles in a while.
2: One way or another, we're going to have a lot of news next week and it's going to be interesting. <laughs> it's whether it's exciting or depressing is <laughs> the only...
1: Very true. I appreciate that that level of reality, Brendan. Yeah. So we're going to shift gears a bit because we want to talk about an interview that we had earlier this week with just an amazing talent coming out of MLW. Someone who has been on our radar for quite some time, literally, as someone that we've seen um you know, on MLW television for over the past year and someone we've been very interested in talking to based out of his Lucha Libre style, but also lineage in Lucha Libre, Texas raised uh, product uh, of, of training, not only from his family, but also uh, the reality of Wrestling Academy and much, much more Gino Medina. Uh, We had the honor of speaking with him earlier this week to talk about really everything related to his training and background to working in MLW, the current scene in MLW with the changes uh, with Azteca Underground and and Cesar Duran. Um, you know, really his influences and style, and being able to wrestle, you know, some of the legends that he looked up to. Uh, before we share this clip, guys, I just wanted to get your thoughts on how you felt and, and kind of some key points, um, on that interview that we had with Gino Medina.
3: I, I, Really liked how far back into like his training, his past, his history, his family history. I mean, everything that he had going on led to him becoming who he is today. Like basically, it was his legacy or his uh, destiny to become a luchador. He, I mean, like when you hear his story, you understand. But like this was what he was meant to do, and the pieces yeah. just fall into place for him. His whole life, and it's incredible. I love that. Yeah, just one of those things it's meant to be and you got to hear it from, right from the source.
2: Yeah, I, I mean, uh, kind of around what Dusty's saying, I just really enjoyed his kind of, uh, his reverence for his roots and his history and his, uh, his kind of humbleness about where he's come from. You know, he's only, what did we, what did he say? 25. 25. 25, He's only 25. He's already he's already teaching classes, but still, like, it's all going back to where he came from. He still talks about hearing Booker T's voice in his head and still wanting to honor his father and his father's legacy. Like, I mean, just the amount of passion for the business that came through in this interview was fantastic.
1: Yeah. Um, really, the entire interview is... I wouldn't even say just a a joy. I mean, it was a joy to participate in it, but the interview (laughs) itself is just so much great information and knowledge from Gino Medina, even talking about the future of what is, you know, up next for him. He has a really interesting perspective on the future, on everything that's happened over the past year of, you know, as everything that you guys had mentioned on his lineage, on his training, um, in the roots, such a great perspective and really really valuable insight so ladies and gentlemen we are going to share with you a little clip from our interview with major league wrestling's gino medina uh you know we've we've seen the facts out there that you had your first match at six years old wrestling and any <laughs> matchup so can you just kind of share with us what it was like growing up in a lucha libre family um and also your experiences with wrestling at such a young age
4: yeah, uh, ever since I can really remember, I've been like in a Lucha Libre locker room, you know. Uh, I was probably like two or like maybe, I was still a baby and I was already in the locker rooms. Uh, you know, I had like the likes of like Pimpinella and like a lot of people just like taking care of me so when cool. I was just a baby, you know. Uh, that and I would like sneak seek my way into the ring whenever we can. I don't know, I don't know if you guys have been to a Lucha Libre show. But oh, all the little kids get in the ring. <laughs> yeah. They do. And, I, and I, was, I was one of them. I was one of them, like, in there, like, trying to get up the second rope and trying to, like, balance myself and stuff, doing little suicide <laughs> dives and whatnot. Uh, but, yeah, I was part of that little, like, culture since I was, I don't know, just as I can remember. I was, people asked me, like, oh, like, how long you been wrestling? How long have you been on all this? But, like, I basically grew up in wrestling, you know what I mean? So I never started wrestling. Like, wrestling just – it's my life, you know? So, uh, like I said, ever since I can remember, I've been in the locker room, you know, marking out with all these, for all these luchadores, you know, seeing them. Um, I don't know, as a kid, as a three, four-year-old, you see all these guys, you know, all muscled up. With masks and capes flying around and stuff, you kind of think like you know superheroes are real, you know. So right. like, you see that yeah. and you're like you're like wow, like this just something that I can do, you know. I can't be Spider Man, but I can for sure be you know <laughs> Santo or <Rey> Mysterio. <laughs> uh, so, <laughs> as a kid, as a kid, I kind of saw it that way. I saw it that like, oh, this is something that I can do as well. And uh, you know, of course, I wasn't really sure as a kid, like like talking to my dad, like letting him know that it's something that I want to do, uh, but as I got older, I kind of, like, knew I had to do it, you know. Uh, sadly, my dad passed away when I was, like, five or six, so uh, he never got to see me uh, wrestle or, or train me to wrestle and whatnot. But, you know, I, I feel like when he passed away, I kind of took it upon myself to kind of continue his legacy in the lucha Libre culture and then kind of just make my own legacy, as you see now, as you, you know, very generously introduced me. I, I'm carrying that legacy pretty well. <laughs> yeah.
3: As a second generation luchador, what do you think the biggest differences between like your training and like you trained at reality wrestling with Booker T in Houston, and, but also you mentioned some lucha stuff. What are the differences between like the current training and like the lucha training that like your dad might have gone through with Mr. Lindsay in Monterey?
4: oh oh you you guys did jobs you research because i i love it um no uh i feel like uh lucha is a little bit more different because uh they're a lot more like fast-paced you know they're like running mm-hmm. around their ring, jumping out all the ropes and whatnot so yeah. it's a lot of cardio it's a lot of cardio when it
2: comes Uch- to cardio yeah yeah and i
4: love it i still do it myself like uh Thankfully, I started out reality wrestling doing, like, American wrestling. But before that, I got trained Lucha Libre by one of my dad's friends uh, here in Houston, which his name was El Monje Negro. Uh, and he trained me to basically just, like, I don't, it's called tumbling, where it's just a bunch of rolls and, you know, mm-hmm. forward rolls, back rolls, all these type of rolls. And that's all I could do for, like, what, like two years. He, he wouldn't let me do anything else. You just roll, 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 uh, mm-hmm. you know, cardio and roll, cardio and roll. And then, uh, I see people now that, uh, you know, that do come to reality wrestling and they get tired from running for a minute, you know? <laughs> and now I'm like, come on, man. Like, you gotta, like, step up. You
1: know? <laughs> <laughs> come on. That I'm sure you've done it your entire life. <laughs> yeah,
4: yeah. Uh, but, uh, but, uh, you know, like I said, I do get them to slide because I know, you know, it's, it is hard. You know, I remember my first day of, uh, of uh, like, lucha libre training, I threw up. I was like what 14 and I just threw up, you know, um, because you know of yeah. course I did the I did the little like meaning stuff back when I was like younger, but like I got my actual training in, like at 14 I started training uh over here and uh yeah uh it's a uh, it's pretty hard because you know like I said American wrestling is a lot more like slower paced and a lot more like psychology that goes into it you know perfecting the the craft that comes with like everything you know psychology wise you know or being with booker. Mm-hmm. Booker and that on us since the beginning, you know, psychology and structure, this and this and that. And Lucha, you throw that out the window, (laughs) you you just do a cool Herc karana. you do a cool cool Herc karana, suicide dive, throw them back in, do a crossbody, and you're good. (laughs) Um, (laughs) But, uh, and I'm not like knocking either of of those. I just feel like, uh, you know, wrestling is like, you know, like music, you know, there's, you can't not quite rap because you like, you know like uh, rock music, you know, and you can't knock rock music because you like rap, you know. It's just, it has a different uh, flavors of it and you just kind of decide what what you like and what you want. And then for me, I love Mutually Libre, but to me, I know that I I want to make connections with people, I want to make connections with that crowd, and I know if I wanted to do that, I had to do uh, this side of that I'm doing now, which is like the American pro wrestling of it. And uh, and I'm pretty happy with it. I'm pretty happy being able to do both. You know, I'm 25 and I and I can have a match where like i feel like anybody
2: <laughs> yeah literally anybody because we we ran down some of the names that you <laughs> you've wrestled already and you've and out of reality of wrestling you've done a lot of those guys you work great with a lot of a lot of people for sure thank you thank you um you no. i mean
4: oh, go ahead on oh, no, that and then like i was gonna say i've just been lucky to like Wrestle a lot of the Lucha Libre legends that, like, taught me a lot, you know, the likes of, like, Psycho Clown, you know, uh, El Santo, uh, El Hijo del Santo, I wrestled El Hijo del Santo, and I just couldn't believe that, I was just, I remember being in the ring, like, seeing him come out with his cape and everything, and it was just so, like, you know, just the legacy that he carries behind that, like, to me, I just couldn't, like, you know, comprehend everything that was going on. Uh but with him and then like Doctor Wagner and stuff, it just I've been in the ring of Rey Mysterio, you know, to me all of that I feel like I'd like learning experiences to what I'm like becoming as a as a wrestler.
1: So that was a clip from our interview with Gino Medina from Major League Wrestling and lots of other promotions all over the U.S. The man is everywhere. Make sure you stay tuned. The entire interview um, is or already is released on LuchaCentral.com. And of course, our partners at TheCheerShot.com. It is available through all of your favorite podcast streaming platforms, Spotify, iTunes, PodBay, Speaker. And just give it a listen. If you are not aware of Gino Medina, if maybe you haven't watched him in Major League Wrestling or aren't aware of his work throughout really the U.S., but primarily in the Texas wrestling scene, make sure you give it a listen. He's only 25 years old and there's so much more to come from Gino Medina. And that we're going to transition to this week's MLW, uh, a pretty big show with Alpha Fusion. And we had two pretty big, uh, lucha adjacent or lucha libre matches. Uh, the first one was a Opera Cup qualifier match, Matt Cross versus Calvin Tankman. And this was really, I mean, a mix of styles, of course, of sizes. Um, but also just, you know, experience. Kelvin Tankman hasn't been in the wrestling business nearly as long as Matt Cross, who's been all over the world. Um, and those differences really helped make this match something to watch. Um, of course, Matt Cross, being the veteran, knew exactly how to approach this match with speed right away. He started off with a quick roll up into a double stomp on Tankman and then used that agility, um, to help him out with the speed as well. A double kick through the middle ropes to the head of Tankman, actually a few times, and then a suicide dive to the outside. Um Getting back into the ring, Tankman charged at Matt Cross, but Cross did this really fun move he's been doing in MLW, and I don't know if he I'm sure he's done it a lot before, but it's a cartwheel on the top rope down to the mat, um, but Tankman just caught him with a huge, just, shove push block however you want to call it it was like a football player just charging at you um you know Tankman took charge for a good portion of the match but Matt Cross was able to gain some momentum back with a big elbow and a big kick to the face of Calvin, Calvin uh Tankman um, Matt Cross had a spring body cross and a double stomp to the back of Tankman um and sent him outside again utilizing some of that space outside um and trying to to do some of that um more high flying maneuvering. However Calvin Tankman did catch Matt Cross into a power bomb on the ring apron and in which Calvin Tankman uh strongly asserted fuck that flippy shit. So now you know where <laughs> Calvin Tankman honorary
2: fdr (laughs) yeah
1: fuck that flippy shit quote unquote from calvin tinkman himself they had a big exchange of chops um tinkman with a mean spinning elbow um and then tinkman sent a mac cross into the ropes with a counter really on on cross's neck almost uh, into a cutter um and he had an amazing shooting star press missed but landed on his feet um, Tinkman then came up with a pop-up elbow that caused some kind of referee distraction or cross in, in the meantime, kind of thought that that had hit him right in the eye. Um, that allowed um, Calvin Tankman to um, have a mean clothesline, and he ended up blasting um with a, a back elbow uh, to the head and pinned him to advance in the Opera Cup. So, if you are looking for a great match this week, Calvin Tegman versus Matt Cross is one to watch. Calvin Tigman does advance in the Opera Cup tournament. Um, also, we had the main event, Meet King Muertes versus Richard Holiday for the IWA Caribbean Championship. Now, this definitely had a lot of story going on. This match was actually set up at the end of last week's episode by Cesar Duran, who utilized, you know, his power, uh, to really for a few things. You know, one, of course, uh, as King Muertes is an ally uh, of Cesar Duran, not as blatant, but we, we know enough to know enough. Um, Richard Holiday is somewhat of a product of Cesar Duran's wrath against Alicia Atu, who had her expose on Cesar Duran. He was not a big fan of, um, uh, he knows that Alicia and Richard have a ship of sorts, uh, not, not a relationship, <laughs> relationship not a friendship, um, <laughs> uh, you know, not quite enemies, not quite friends. But knew, you know, kind of did this as a way to kind of get back at Alicia for her expose. Um, before this match happened, though, too, Cesar Duran mentioned, um, you know, Contra and, and and at least kind of a somewhat of a loose partnership or understanding with Contra, and that plays a role because, um, prior to the match, Richard Holiday was attacked, um, and he was got, got his head busted open. Um, he ended up having to sign a waiver in order to compete in this match. Um, but when he came out, um, you had two members of Contra's, um, death squad out in the ring keeping an eye out and then also throughout the match you had um E.J., Nanduka, and Mass Kruger fight in the back area. Hammerstone finally got involved. Um, and then same thing with um, Joseph for Fatu, Um Pretty much Contra versus, you know, Team Hammerstone fighting it out in the back, which left Richard Holiday pretty open. Um, in this match, though, I mean, you, you started off with shoving, but the majority of this was a fairly brutal brawl. Um, with King Muertes taking a lot of the fight to Richard Holiday. As you know, Richard Holiday is a good wrestler, but not much of a brawler, um, and then you also had, uh, you know, Caesar Duran, um, making his point where he spilled champagne all over Richard Holiday's head, uh, when he was outside of the ring. Um, Holiday did end up being able to land a spine buster, um, to help swing some of the momentum back to him, but Milo Martis came back with a, Big slam. Um, and then ultimately with everything happening in the back and then the Sentai Death squad members kind of moving closer to the ring, um, Akiro Kwan from uh, Contra came in to the distraction, um, ended up interfering in the match, but to the point where it didn't really matter because King Muertes was able to um, land his, his flatliner and um, pinned Holiday for the win to become the new IWA Caribbean champion. So uh with a lot of things going on between Contra and Team Hammerstone, it does seem now that maybe they have a somewhat alliance with Cesar Duran um and it looks like uh you know anyone who aligns with Cesar Duran is going to benefit greatly and you also have a new IWA Caribbean champion in King Muertes so congratulations to the king and this um of course, we have a War Chamber happening soon in November, just a few weeks away. So we're going to see these teams match up, and then we'll hopefully get more information on the card for War Chamber um, as we continue to see just the changes and uprising and talent in MLW take center stage. Of course, the Opera Cup uh, tournament will continue over the next few weeks as well. But that is This Week in MLW. And, well, up next, you know you know it, you love it, it's that time of the week. It is This Week in Lucha Libre History with Dusty.
3: That's right. It's time for This Week in Lucha Libre History. Be sure to check in every day at LuchaCentral.com for this day in Lucha Libre by Pep Carrera. He's got information, anniversaries, birthdays, matches of the days, videos, you know, like notable events that happened that day reviews, everything, so much that I can't even list. It's all about Lucha Libre, and it's all for free at LuchaCentral.com, your centralized place for all things Lucha Libre. This week, we chose October the 19th, 2019, when Kenny Omega defeated Ray Phoenix for the AAA Mega Campeon Championship at Eros and Mortales 13, Omega and Phoenix was set up by a confrontation, confrontation between Kenny and Ray Phoenix after the Triple Mania 27 trios match between the Omega Young Bucks version of the Elite and Lucha Bros with Laredo Kid. And this match was probably the greatest singles match in AAA history. Like, it's just so good. <laughs> up
1: until the next one that's going to be yeah, happening, Yeah, up right? until
3: this year. Yeah, I think that this year could beat it. I really do. But I mean, this was so good. It was just a frantically paced match. It went a hundred miles an hour in all the best ways. Like I don't know how these guys did it. Their training and their you know cardio work just must be insane but in spite of the speed and the kind of relentlessness it still had a beautiful psychology there were allusions to things like nightfall batman with the bane spot breaking batman's back that were amazing and it just really made kenny and ray phoenix feel like they were both the best two guys in the world and putting on the match of the year which it was for 2019 in my opinion And just a great match. Kenny Omega tried to set up the one winged angel finisher that pretty much the entire match. He hit several running V triggers throughout, but Phoenix would get off of Omega's shoulders every time he attempted the one winged angel so he could never seal the deal. Phoenix hit a monstrous fire thunder driver, but, uh, hit, hit a monstrous fire thunder driver for a near fall in this match. It wasn't enough. It made my bones hurt to watch Kenny Omega take it. <laughs> so I was shocked it wasn't enough, but it wasn't enough. Kenny eventually was able to hit the V trigger, followed by the full one winged angel for the win, and he got the triple A Mega Champion Championship. Still the champion today. Ties into this thing with Vikingo coming up. Very exciting. Brendan, what did you think of this match?
2: Well, that is 100% why I had suggested that this was the one w- when I saw it in there is that it ties into the fact that Kenny Omega is still the champion and we're we're looking for the person who's going to dethrone him and the level of excitement that, that you had for this match that other people had for this match. Really, I think you're right. It's going to be met, if not exceeded by the Vikingo match, because I think. Uh, as, as good as Ray Phoenix was in 2019, uh, I think Vikingo is, is going to rise up to the challenge and the, the fact that we aren't expecting, that, that a lot of people aren't expecting that level of match means that he's gonna get more into it when the crowd is, uh, is behind him. Uh I mean there's not much that I can say about this match that you haven't covered like it it was all over the place super fast energy huge huge moves that just terrified me to watch um I was emotional watching it I it was one of the few times that I would uh, I had my neighbors worried about me cuz I was shouting at the the <laughs> screen at the end of it I did not agree with that finish whatsoever but uh yeah, uh, I mean, just yeah. fantastic all over the place. And I still get that when I tr- when I watch highlights of it, I still get that a lot of that like energy yeah, that I had. That, that
3: adrenaline, that excitement yeah. is still there. Yeah, like it's super prevalent every time I watch it too. It just, I immediately, I remember exactly where I was at when I watched it. You know, like everything. <laughs> like it's, yeah? It, yeah, it's incredible.
2: Miranda, what are your thoughts on this one?
1: Well, it's now hard because you guys already said a lot. <laughs> that's it's that's, that's always hard to go last, especially on this week, because you both hit a lot of what, you know, why we picked this match, especially once we heard uh, about Vikingo Omega. This was the one that was giving very similar vibes. Um, and it's almost, you know, just. Uh, almost like, uh, it's a remake plus a sequel. I feel like what Vikingo and Omega will be. It's like the sequel, but it will be like, uh, well, not even a prequel. Cause it will be like a sequel, but a remake of this match. Um, and I think that one thing I do, you know, I, I give a lot of shit to Kenny Omega, you know, just, just because I can't.
2: But both. Kenny
1: Omega knows how to tell a story and he knows Lucha Libre. It's a very apparent in just the very free seconds of the match with the way that he works with Ray Phoenix, the way he understands a lot of those big acrobatic moves, the way that he knows how to tell a story. And I feel like that is something that with Kenny, I mean, he is truly a universal wrestler. He can wrestle any style anywhere and you can, he can tell a story without saying a word. And that's an incredibly rare thing. Um, you know, I think with Phoenix, he's very much in his element in this, but for Kenny, I think it's, it's something that is incredibly special, uh, and, and a talent that really comes in very, very, you know, uh, rarely, yes, extremely absolutely. rarely. And so. I think that being able to watch this and really seeing how Kenny moves in this match, and again, in accordance with, with Ray too, for me it was really that opening sequence of, of them being able to kind of match tit for tat and also even just that, you know, um, dragging, um, arm on the outside of the ring you know as far as just finding those little details where you don't necessarily have to do everything on two feet when you're outside of the ring and so I thought there was just kind of some really interesting sequences and and moments in the match where they were telling things in a very unique way Um, but I could I mean if anyone wants to predict what the future will be like with Kenny versus Omega uh, Omega versus uh, Vikingo Hijo de Vikingo, this match is what I think a lot of us expect it to be, which is, again, like you said, very high caliber, one of the best matches um, in in AAA, more modern history. Well, that is it for this week in Lucha Libre history. Make sure you check out LuchaCentral.com for this day in Lucha Libre history. But wait, there is more. Brendan, can you let our listeners know what else they can find on LuchaCentral.com?
2: All right, let's do this. So if you're listening to this and you haven't visited com, it's really time to do it. LuchaCentral.com is the online home for Lucha Libre where you can get all of the top news in English and in Spanish. Find the best curated video content and original content not seen anywhere else. Find when Lucha Libre events would be happening in your area. Find photo galleries from top photographers covering Lucha Libre around the world. A place to have your voices heard from weekly polls to annual awards, seen and read by top executives and all of the major Lucha Libre promotions across the globe. And on top of all of this stuff, it's free. LuchaCentral.com, your centralized place for all things Lucha Libre.
1: Thank you, Brendan. Up next, we're going to talk a little bit of NXT, which was truly a mixed bag this week. And (laughs) as I explain it, you'll know why. Uh... Uh, I, I think it's a mixed bag. Literally, the book, well, not even a bookend because one was bad one was good anyways <laughs> mixed bag so first yep. uh, first match we're going to talk about is Electra Lopez versus Cora Jade this match actually started with Legado de Fantasma out in the ring and Santos Escobar calling out Carmelo Hayes um, pretty much saying that he was going to challenge him when the time was right very much alluding to that um, Electra was going to get on the microphone however Cora Jade's music interrupted and they started with their match I mean Electro was you know the fairly aggressive dominant one throughout the entirety of this match um but at the end Cora Jade just was able to grab in that inside cradle hold on for enough time to get a three count um which is a surprise I mean it makes sense with Cora Jade they're really pushing her as um you know a a possible top uh, you know a rising baby face in the women's division but you know, doing that at the expense of Electra Lopez after, you know, having Santos lose last week was a very odd decision. You could have had her face anybody, um, to get that win. Um, and also, I mean, writing high on Electra's only, well, not only when she's had two wins, one of them being from BFAP, um, with, uh, you know, hit row. So it sends a very confusing message about the future of, um, Legado de Fantasma. Very, very odd. But I understand why they did it, but I don't know if Electra was the right person to do that with. Up next, we had a match um, from each of the representatives that are going to be in the women's tag team match, triple threat match at... Uh, Halloween Havoc. Io Shirai versus Persia Parada versus J.C. Jane, and a winner spins the wheel. So the winner of this match gets to spin the wheel in order to determine the stipulation of the triple threat match next week at Halloween Havoc. Um, and we talked a little bit earlier on the show about Io Shirai and her, you know, lucha influence and lucha training. That is pretty adamant in any of the matches that you see in NXT. Uh, very early on in the match, she laid both uh, Persia and JC Jane out of the ring with a moonsault, which is, uh, you know, something very typical. You'll see um, her on that top turnbuckle uh, to the moonsault outside of the ring. Um, Early on in the match, though, JC Jane was injured and was unable to continue. So the match ended up becoming a one on one between EO and Persia Parada, which was actually pretty. Like surprisingly good with Persia Parada. I had not seen very much of her. Um, but it was again a size difference, Persia being a, a lot taller and even possibly stronger than Eo. Um so she kind of threw her around and landed a beautiful power bomb um to get a two count. Um but you know, EO in her eternal badassum fought back. Uh beautiful drop kick. You know she got the six one nine. That's also one of her signature moves. And, um, locked in a cross face to try and get the submission win, uh, but eventually was able to, uh, hold on to Persia and get a German suplex, which also shows Eel's incredibly strong. Even though we've seen her in a lot of acrobatic moves, her strength is not one to be messed with. And she ended up winning the match with the moonsault and was able to spin the wheel. Um, the stipulation is a stairway from hell match, which probably means it's going to be a ladder match for the NXT women's tag team titles next week at Halloween Havoc.
2: There better be demons. That's all I'm saying.
1: You know, <laughs> I don't know. I don't even know what to think of this Halloween Havoc episode that we're going to get you guys. I don't even know. I, I don't like even know. Step down. Right. I'm just gonna say
2: that I I mean I'm still being optimistic that it it could hold the same core values as last year, so uh, I want uh, demons in my step my stairway to hell match. That's all I'm saying. Just you know, demons.
1: (laughs) So uh uh, I want to call him uh, L.A. Knight. I was going to call him by his previous name. L.A. Oh, Knight yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, won his match to officially become the host of uh, Halloween Havoc. So take that for what you want. But I'm kind of with Dusty, and that's a downgrade. And
2: yeah. that's well, my hill that I'm going to die on. Let's, let's let's be honest here. There's no upgrade for host. There's just no, not.
1: Shotzi set the bar. Shotzi was it, yeah. yeah
3: that, the like bar. they should have just brought her back.
2: Yeah, yes. yeah. 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 You know, yeah, the only way you go is laterally. There's no up from yes. Shotzi, the the uh, Halloween enthusiast of last year. Yeah. So.
1: I would have even been okay with uh, Dexter Loomis. He kind of yes, had some. I would have been cool with
3: that, too.
1: That actually yes. would have been. Yeah. Out he had
3: there. a great <laughs> match last year, stood out as yeah. kind of the highlight of the show aside from Shotzi. And so, yeah, yes. it would have fit perfectly. Yes.
1: Yeah. Um. Anyways, so uh, to sum up or, or to uh, tie up the loose ends of this mixed bag of NXT lucha content, the Fantasma had a match against Josh Briggs and Brooks Jensen, which I have to admit, I couldn't remember who was who for quite some time in the match. <laughs> I had to watch that several times to figure out who was Briggs and who was Jensen. Um, but this match actually started before the, the bell, of de Fantasma beat down Trey Baxter, who I believe is the boyfriend of Cora Jade, in order to make up for the fact that Cora beat Elektra. So there is some storyline in there. Um, Josh Briggs and, and Brooks Jensen got involved. That led to them coming out into kind of an impromptu match. So this was not advertised. Um, Santos was outside of the ring, kind of doing what he does best. You know, taking advantage of opportunities and seizing moments, which he did when the referee was distracted and he rammed, uh, Briggs into the side of the ring Um with that Joaquin Wilde was able to take advantage of that and set up a baseball slide on which Briggs was then uh, slammed into the side of the announced table um, Joaquin Wilde and Raul Mendoza do this really well with the hot tags between them and this is something that I think is very unique to them as a tag team they're able to tag back and forth they were able to keep Briggs in the corner to prevent him from getting to the other side Um, and Raul Mendoza had a really nice splash to the back of Briggs, um, but he only got a two count there. Eventually, uh, who's the other guy? Uh, Jensen was able to make his way into the ring, um, but, uh, eventually, you know, a distraction where I think Jensen was, took out, um, uh, Santos Escobar with a hit, that was enough of a distraction for Joaquin and Raul to bring him back in and hit them with their finishing maneuver for the win. So, I, I see where they needed the first match to happen for this match to happen, but also, you're really gonna put Legato in a feud with two guys we don't, I,
2: no, I, I, yeah. I think that, uh, they, the fact that Legato de Fantasma didn't get drafted to the main roster tells me everything I need to know about what they want to do with, with them yeah. in the future. Um, yeah, but I, mean, I, I
1: think it was, it was a big surprise to people that they, I mean, not that they drafted Hit Row, cause I feel like they definitely have a place on, yeah. you know, SmackDown, but I think that, you know, Legato had been left behind and mm-hmm. that they didn't have a big, you know, a over feud or a way to really close that feud out, you know, more intensely as a, a faction, Um and you know they're they're one of those few components now of the old NXT with NXT 2.0, and it almost seems like those components left over from the old NXT are really just there to put over the new NXT.
2: Yeah, yeah, that's that's what it's they're there to make the new NXT guys look better which is not a good use of them. Like, why have these three hot Lucha talents on the roster at all if all you're going to do is have the the rest of your roster step
1: over them? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean... I I and I think again adding Electra was was a way to kind of counterbalance what we saw with Hit Row, which made sense. But now if you know, now you don't really have a, a a solid feud for them to really do. I mean, I thought Santos would be going after Carmelo Hayes. Again, right now that looks like that's Johnny Gargano, so what? I yeah. you know, I don't I it gets me worried, you guys. I'm a little worried.
2: I'm beyond worried. I've already kind of given up.
3: (laughs) Yeah, it doesn't feel very positive right now.
1: No. And when you wonder, like, if they end up, because really the new purpose of 2.0 is to put over this new talent, this homegrown talent that they are going to try and and move up to, you know, Raw or Mm -hmm. SmackDown eventually, Mm -hmm. you know, what does that mean for those that are still left in NXT?
2: Also, especially a fully actualized faction like Legato del Fantasma, they've they've done it. They've they've gotten gold. They've gotten multiple storylines. They've been on the top of the card. They've if gotten they, over. If they didn't, if they didn't get called up during this time of transition, that it's just again, it just tells me that they're probably not gonna. They're probably just gonna sit on them. So.
1: Well, I mean, it's better yeah. to be still on the roster than not, because I felt like you either got called up or you got fired. So.
2: Yeah, I you know, I mean, let's look at what the careers of other people in their position have done, though, when they got let go. So, mm-hmm. I, I mean, imagine if we had Santos Escobar in any of the other big promotions in the U.S. right now. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, any of them.
4: He would be yeah. the guy
3: immediately in some place like Impact. Like,
1: I was going to yes. say, take the whole faction over to Impact. I swear, Dusty, yep. yeah, I was going to yeah. say that. I swear to you, I was going to yeah. say that's, that. The, but that's, I that's the best wanna, place for all. Like Everybody's a W wanna, but Impact.
2: No no, 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 no. A, no, no, ROH, too, because they would be yeah. a third Bucha oh, faction. Uh, 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 yes. <laughs> yes. <Yeah, see>?
1: That's <laughs> the dream booking. That's the yep.
2: dream booking. <laughs> see? It. See? I'm already doing better things in my fantasy than they're doing right now, which is why I'm just so depressed about what they're doing.
1: Oh uh, Well, that is this week in NXT. Don't forget to check out LuchaCentral.com for your NXT results. Up next, we have this week in CMLL.
2: Oh, uh, yeah. So we had a few things going on this week. Um For your bizarre CMLL trying to be hip, cool kids news, CML opened CMLL. I'm going to give them the extra L. Uh, opened their official Discord this week, so you can now go on Discord to CMLL underscore official and talk with CMLL officials, wrestlers, and people. I suppose I don't know what what they're planning on doing with a Discord, but congratulations. Um. I mean, in theory, it could be a very cool idea. I just, uh, again, I have very little faith in the oldest still active wrestling federation in the entire world to use young people technology effectively. Just like the two don't seem to go together. Um, and then, so we had a few, we had a few matches, uh, Something I probably could have covered last week, but I didn't notice. We had a title change. We had, uh, Angel de Oro and Felino in a Mexican light heavyweight match where Angel de Oro wound up winning the, the light heavy, Mexican light heavyweight title. Uh, that was last Tuesday and then, uh, or, or the Tuesday prior Then this it, it, again on Tuesday. We had some fun things going on on the show. They had the Tornio and, and Incredible the Amazons. It's a uh in, incredibly incredible uh tournaments at one heel and one baby face or one Rudo, one Technico at in each of the matches. You had people like uh, you had teams of Dallas and Princesa Suge, uh Scotty and Tiffany, Uvia Reyna Isis Avispa Dorado, Stephanie Vakir, um Amapola and Metallica, uh, and so on and so forth. Uh, I mean that covered most of the, the matches, uh most of the pairings. They had nine total matches, which had uh Dallas Dallas and Princess Suga Heat winning the the whole thing, which is Incredibly unsurprising, but actually was kind of a fun series of matches to watch. Uh, Again, for those of you who uh, who know my connection with uh, with the Vspa, I I, uh, was disappointed she went out so early. But uh, that's what do you do? She's the young American. She's not going to go over very much. Um, So those are I mean, that's that's what we've got there. We had a there's. I'm not going to go over the results of each one, but, uh, yeah, we had the Dallas and Princess Suga Heat. congratulations on winning the Tertonio in Incredible de la Amazons 2021. That's my CMLL news this week.
1: All right. Thank you very much for that CMLL news. I'm um, next we're going to go back to the world of WWE with, uh, <laughs> I just, I have to look at the notes from last week because literally in the notes is if there is a God, and we'll talk about that in a second. Yeah. Apparently there is. So yeah. breaking news everyone, we've yeah. just yeah. proven yeah. that there is because there's a mix of notes from last week and this weekend is for us. But you know, of yeah. course we had Crown Jewel, um, that happened today, uh, and, and more. So Dusty, go ahead and take it away.
3: Yeah, well, I'll get Main Event and 205 out of the way. Main Event this week had Angel Garza and Humberto Carrillo teaming to defeat Ricochet and John Morrison. I couldn't get it to load on Hulu. I don't know if it was an issue with the Crown Jewel tournament today. Something I couldn't get to load. We will cover that next week, so keep an eye out for that. But check out Main Event on Hulu in the meantime to check that out if you can. Also... Uh, just tonight, while we were actually doing the show the news, at least came to me, that there would be a matchup with Amari Miller and Valentina Ferroz versus Katrina Cortez and Ulisa Leon. Katrina is the masked luchadora from Chile that's been working um, on NXT. You've seen her around. She's going to be on 205 Live this week. And Ulisa is a brand new signing, announced just on October t- the 21st. She's a second-generation wrestler. She's a bodybuilder from Mexico. Her dad is the Monterey Wrestler spider-man also known as bronco but well known as spider-man like he's been around yeah within the last few years spider-man so she's second generation very cool i'm gonna check that out i hope everybody else checks that out too that's on 205 live but the the main news we have is the queen's crown tournament and like this is where, you know, like the, if there is a god plays into it. I kept saying, Selena's gonna win. <laughs> you know, Selena's gonna win. He her.
1: did. And he called it.
3: Yeah. And, and, you know, on SmackDown, Selena, she advanced to the tournament finals after she defeated Karma, Carmella in the semifinals. We talked about it last week, but Carmella had already done it all in the WWE. Mm-hmm. She got to the top of the card quite quickly at WWE, so this was the best choice. She didn't need the chance to shine. Selena really did, and mm-hmm. it gives her the shine of making it to the top of the SmackDown Women's Tournament. She can claim to be the best women's wrestler in SmackDown now. I mean, it gives her a lot to do, and gave her the chance to prove how incredible we all know she is. But to a wider and more casual audience. And then when we were typing, when I typed this up, like, uh, I believe Monday evening, Dewdrop had won, and I typed, Zelina defeats Dewdrop, if there is a god. And like Miranda mentioned, apparently there is, because we get to Riyadh, and Zelina wins the Queen's Crown Tournament. And it was amazing. Oh. Yeah, the the match Zelina winning was amazing. The match was not so amazing. <laughs> Thank you nah, no, Goldberg I- because it was not the worst match on the card, but almost. <laughs> and, like the Goldberg, I mean, old and I loved Goldberg. Goldberg back in the day, but like <laughs> yeah, it just yeah. wasn't a good match. Piper or Dewdrop, she was not moving fast. A lot of it was literally Hulk Hogan style stuff, you know, like trying to get the crowd to clap a log hulking up i mean it was an odd choice i felt like the costumes were kind of a downgrade from the type of thing we'd seen before they were literally just black bodysuits with t-shirts over them the presentation denise alcedo tweeted about this earlier t- today but the entire queen's crown tournament was less than 20 minutes like the entirety yeah. of the entire I
1: think the, the final match was almost six minutes yeah. yeah, the, the final I, match yeah, five was something. as long
2: as all of the first round matches combined. Yeah. So. Yeah, wild. But Zelina
3: is such a perfect fit for this. She's got a great look, great talent. We've talked about this pretty much ever since the podcast started. Like, she's one of the best women's wrestlers Around, Like, every time she gets into a WWE ring, she looks fantastic. She gets the chance to shine. Everything Mm -hmm. she does looks great. And now that she's getting recognition for that, kind of from the casual audience, too, hopefully they saw this, she had a stunning – the two best spots in the entire match, she had a stunning – Tornado DDT that was just fantastic, but she also hit a code red finisher that looked like a million dollars. Like she was literally, there are only two high spots, you know, like high watermarks in the match. She was, you know, the, the offense on both of them. Fantastic. She just never gets a chance to show that stuff off. Piper may not have been the, or Dewdrop, I apologize. Dewdrop may not have been the right. (laughs) platform yeah i'm not a big fan of the name dewdrop personally but
1: yeah it's what it is
2: it it was part of a weird storyline so maybe they'll revert revert soon but who knows nah, yeah
1: they won't I but it. that's it you know yeah, yeah, I got it, cause it actually, it's tough enough, but, you know, I think, um, especially for the way that Zelina left and came back to the company, it does feel yeah. like, uh, I'm, I'm sure some validation for her, but also Absolutely. for the fans, um, and to give her, I mean, I think that, I know one thing I had, uh, talked, I'm just gonna plug this in, um, <laughs> again on the hashtag Miranda show uh, on the dot we talked about, you know, yes, maybe the tournament itself was a little lackluster, but the way that you make up for it is who you have in your champion and who you have in this. And well, I think
2: just in we, the finals. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Cause we talked about it last week. Like, Okay, so they're going to put Zelina in so that they can make one of the, somebody else go over, right? Yeah, like, you know, yeah. And we were talking about other na We were talking about Dewdrop last
1: week. Oh, None no, of us were saying. Shana, yeah, yeah. Shana, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
3: That was a shock too, that Dewdrop, as soon as yeah. Dewdrop beat Shana, I was like, mm, Zelina's so gonna win. And, yeah,
2: yeah, this is what I did too. But, but like I said, I said and, that in our yeah. internal chat. That's the most exciting booking they've done for a long time with this division. Yeah.
1: Yes. And going back. No, no, no. I was just saying going back to Carmelo winning the first ever women's money in the bank. I feel like not only was her reign because of the way that she carried herself in that briefcase, but, you know, just the persona of it all really made that first reign something special. And so I absolutely see that happening with Zelina as you know the the winner of the Queen's Crown tournament. She has this you know really regal uh air about her now. She mm-hmm. could absolutely okay. incorporate this in storylines and and <laughs> oh, and also she hold, yeah, yeah. she
2: can hold it over the, like all, so the whole good. roster yeah not just the yeah. women's roster the whole roster. She's yeah. like now I am the queen of SmackDown. I guarantee
3: yeah. she's yeah. gonna have
2: something along that lines.
3: Well, and when they do it right, the King of the Ring tournament's amazing. Like, Harley Race, uh, it's hard for me. I mean, a lot of times I picture him with that NW t- title, but sometimes I picture him with the crown, you know, like when I'm thinking yes. about Harley Race. And especially Macho Man Randy Savage, his mm-hmm. heel run is Macho King Randy Savage. Like, this can be the,
2: the platform. King
3: Booker? Yeah, King Booker. King
1: Booker, <laughs> even Owen Hart, yeah. you know? <laughs>
3: Yeah.
2: Oh, yeah, the King of Hearts. Yeah. yeah, It's
3: really been a star maker for a ton of people. And so for Zelina to get that and have the ability she has, but not necessarily been able to capitalize upon it in WWE, like, such an exciting and special moment for her. Yeah. I I, I still expected something to happen, the ascension to the throne to turn into an angle, but it didn't. Like, the whole thing was just incredible. She deserves all the accolades and adulation for all this stuff. It's just so nice to see her get her due. Been a fan for a long time. Yeah. She was on impact before. You know, like – It's just incredible. She was too good to be just a manager, and now we're finally getting to see the fruits of that. Uh, Also related to the big Saudi Arabia Queen's Crown Tournament, the crown jewel of Saudi Arabia, was Charlotte. There was a rumor that Charlotte might show up, and that ties into the Lucha thing because Andrade – quickly put the rumors to rest by posting a photo of them and Gomez Palacio proving that they were in Mexico and probably the best looking couple in wrestling. Like they, they could easily give Seth and Becky a run for their money. Seth is no Andrade, my friends. And I mean, it's just, yeah. So anything fast. to hype up fast. Andrade. Fast. Yeah. <laughs> so it was just cool to see, you know, Andrade playing into Charlotte's thing and, you know yeah, I just anything to get Andrade over, he's, you know, awesome. We love Andrade, so I hope that he gets tied up in all the WWE stuff and that they lay awake at night and cry themselves to sleep, wishing they'd never let Andrade go. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> For all the WWE news and more, check out com. Next week, we'll do main event 205 Live, have the results for that. We'll have whatever comes of Selena winning the Queen of the Ring tournament. Oh, speaking of Saudi Arabia, I did have confirmation two hours ago the plane took off, so they weren't held hostage. <laughs> this year. I did check in on that. They can't do that two
2: <laughs> years in a row. That would be. Yeah. That would be. I uh, appreciate sad.
1: you with the latest news on that, Dusty. Yeah. That's fine. <laughs> yeah.
2: no, the real news, news people wanted. Yeah. That's I do appreciate knowing that that's how it, it played out. Yeah.
1: Jeez. You're literally brand news by air, or by sea, by land, or by I don't know what other forms, but of course by internet. So there you go. Yeah. Uh We we got you covered. Up next, we're going to be talking Impact Wrestling this Saturday, October 23rd. Bound for Glory will be coming at you from Samstown Live in Las Vegas, Nevada. One of the biggest pay-per-views of the year for Impact Wrestling being headlined by Christian Cage, current Impact World Champion versus the challenger, Josh Alexander. Uh for those lucha libre fans, a few things to keep note of. Your AAA Reina de Reinas champion Diana Paraza will be facing Mickey James for the Impact Knockouts Championship. So, you know, who knows maybe the Reina de Reinas Championship will be making a, an appearance at Bound for Glory. Um who knows. But really the most kind of uh Area of speculation for say that Forbidden Door comes in the Call Your Shot Gauntlet. Taking a step back, promotions for Bound for Glory ever since the event was announced did have flashes of logos of AEW, New Japan Wrestling, and AAA, alluding to the fact that you know we may see that Forbidden Door continue in Impact Wrestling. Uh, according to the latest from Lucha Blog. Uh, it's not necessarily gonna be anything that impact fans haven't seen recently with the triple a presence likely remaining from Black Taurus, who is currently part of decay and Laredo Kid, who has been um wrestling recently with impact um he's been on several matches for before the ring or before the impact. BTI, and he was also part of a qualifying match for the X-Division uh, Championship Tournament. So um, nobody knew new coming out of that, and it's likely that we're going to see them in the Call Your Shot Gauntlet, which is a gauntlet match in which the winner receives a trophy and a contract that they can invoke at any time uh, within one year for a championship opportunity of their choosing. Last year's winner was Rhino, in which he ended up uh, using that opportunity uh, for the Impact Tag Team Championships uh, for Violent by Design. This year, we do have a few people announced. We know who's number one and who is number 20. Uh, Chris Sabin is coming in at number one, and W. Morrissey will be coming in at number 20. The rest of the 18 competitors, well, it will vary. We do have confirmation that Rich Swan will be in the match, Moose and Brian Myers, the rest of it will be kind of up in the air, so that could be a place where we could see, you know, some new faces, some surprising faces, however, don't expect too much out of that big uh draw for AAA, it looks like, it, if anything, it's going to be the existing talent that we've seen on television, Um, which, you know, is a little disappointing, you know, but also the way marketing goes, I guess, you know. I I don't I I don't also see maybe any big things uh, um on the AEW side as far as that you know Forbidden Door. Who knows? Um, but. <sighs> Oh, and, and New Japan I know that is actually a fairly strong partnership. So that absolutely could um have someone there as well. But uh you know, it it's just one of those things where you can set it up and really tease it, but um it also doesn't surprise me that there hasn't been much more of a partnership um between Triple A and uh Impact at this point. Um, outside of the Reina de championship and then Decay as far as Black Taurus. But again, his, his presence has really been more with Decay than anything else. And Laredo Kid, who I think has been a great addition, uh, to the roster, especially in the X division. Um. And Bound for Glory is going to be happening live on pay-per-view, um, other matches that have been announced, uh, of course the, um, debut of The Inspiration, Cassie Lee and Jessica McKay, uh, the Three-way match to determine the new X Division champion will be happening. Trey Miguel versus Steve Macklin versus El Fantasmo. Uh and much, much more. The crowning of the new digital media champion is gonna be happening. Um, that and just a lot more on bound for glory. But make sure you stay tuned. Again, Saturday, October twenty third, live on pay per view. And to round things up, this week we have Ring of Honor with Brendan. Yeah,
2: um it was just a real quick ring of honor. Uh it was just TV this week. We had uh for lucha matches, we had LFI defending their tag team titles against SOS. Uh this was again kind of pushing more towards the angle of Kenny King having a lot more beef with Shane Taylor Promotions rather than LFI's kind of ongoing feuds with uh Violence and um uh, and, uh, uh, the, the, the pure division. So, I don't know if the, that's because the, the Munoz family wasn't available for this series of tapings or if they're just kind of moving away from, from focusing on the Munoz family until they know what contracts are signed. But, uh, yeah, we had, we did have, um, Dragon Lee and Kenny King defending the, successfully defending the tag team titles against SOS on TV this week. Next week, we're going to see more more Lucha matches. I believe, if I read this right, we're going to see Bandito defending the title on next week's episode. So Ooh. we should have a big episode next week.
1: Uh, also, real quick, a plug for Women's Division Wednesday. Um, oh, yes. It was just an encore, but still playing it again. Uh, Willow versus Angelina Love versus Miranda Alizé. Um is reposted back up.
2: Still a great match. And now that you can get it on YouTube, you don't even have to worry about going over to the ROH app. So uh definitely check it out. It's it's worth a watch.
1: Yes. Speaking of worth the watch, Brennan, I know we wanted to take a quick minute at the end of the show to plug in something very close and personal to the Lucha Central family, and that Mm -hmm. is the upcoming episode of Dark Side of the Ring. So it
2: looks like by the time this show actually hits the air, the Dark Side of the Ring episode will be up. Uh, it, this is this week's episode is going to be the XPW episode, and I was scrolling through Twitter. Uh, Kevin Kleinrock uh, had had some excitement about it. Uh, someone else pointed out that without XPW, we probably wouldn't have Kevin Kleinrock in the position he is. So that's a big deal. But also, it looks like. We're gonna have, um Joey Munoz talking a bit on this episode. Uh, there's a direct quote from, on the Dark Side of the Rings Twitter section, uh, from Joey where he says, I wasn't a huge wrestling fan growing up. I was a huge fan of my uncle Supreme and I just tagged along. He is a godfather of deathmatch wrestling that is his legacy. And so they, they it looks like they're talking to Joey on this episode as well. And what perfect timing seeing the Santino brothers are returning to shows right now. So um lots of Lucha Libre history that like you're a lot of people are less aware of will probably pop up in this show. Um I'm not going to promise we'll get Kevin Kleinrock, but I mean, it's possible
1: yeah lots <laughs> of interesting faces and names especially out in the west coast wrestling scene um so any of you listening out on the west coast you absolutely want to make sure you watch this episode anyone not on the west coast dusty you still want to watch this episode <laughs> yeah i still really want to see it There's you so still
2: much- want to it's a has a
3: crazy story i mean we, right. don- we don't have time to get into it but yeah like this is going to be good tv like yeah.
1: yeah, the trailer really I mean it's crazy. It's crazy. Just watch the trailer. <laughs> we
2: we said this all the way back when the season went was announced that this was the the one must watch episode of the season and it's here. So um I I'm gonna figure out how to sail into the deep waters of uh, piracy and um and watched this episode if you
1: figure that out can you (laughs) let me know because i've been trying and my ship has not sailed on that i have Uh, not put the flags to post with that
2: yes if i if i find if i find some way to go into the deep waters i will let you know uh i might even let people know if you ask me very nicely if i find a way on but you have to ask me quietly
1: or if you all find a way, please let us know.
2: That, <laughs> too. Yeah, yeah, that hit too. us up as well. Yeah, <laughs> and this is, is, is a street.
1: Social media. <laughs> this, <laughs> this is
2: because is Miranda... Yeah, absolutely. Miranda and I are both kind of unplugged, so we can't just, like, turn on the television and watch it. Yeah,
3: and, I, um I only have an antenna.
2: <laughs> you know. antenna. You know. <laughs> Ditto. Antenna? <I> <laughs> I uh, yep. can't go to a sports bar and actually listen to this one because I always have the volume down. So, yeah. yeah.
1: yeah. Yes. Well, make sure you let us know. Make sure you continue to tune in to the Lucha Central Weekly Podcast on luchacentral.com. Your centralized place for all things Lucha Libre. And with that, we have finished this week's show. Don't forget to follow Lucha Central on social media at Lucha Central on Facebook and Instagram and at luchacentral.com on Twitter. You can check out the YouTube page with hours upon hours upon hours of exclusive content like matches and interviews where you just can't find them anywhere else. And while you're at it, go ahead and follow us on social media. Dusty, where can our listeners find you?
3: I am on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Dusty Murphy, and I am on Instagram at Dusty Murphy.
1: And Brendan, where can our listeners find you? I am
2: 321 T-Shirt Guy. That is the numbers, 3, 2, and 1, and then T-Shirt Guy is all spelled out. I am on Facebook, I am on Instagram, and I'm all over the Twitters.
1: (laughs) And me, Miranda Morales, you can find me at the hashtag Miranda, hashtag spelled out, on Instagram and Facebook. And don't forget, if you are listening to this show on your favorite podcast streaming platform like iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Speaker, and much, much more, go ahead and subscribe, rate, and review. Subscribe so that way you get notifications every time a new episode of the Lucha Central Weekly Podcast drops. You can leave us a five-star rating and a review. Let us know what you think about the show, uh, topics that you think we should cover, things that we have covered that you like, you don't like, anything in between. And also you can share with that information with us on social media, of course, at our social media handles. And if you are independent wrestling promoter, fan, wrestler anything related to independent wrestling and lucha libre reach out to us let us know uh for to to be featured on a future edition of the indie roundup we love to cover independent wrestling things are picking up very quickly so if you want to make sure you are featured send us a link send us a match send us you know uh, a social media uh website whatever that may be uh even just results let us know, and we're happy uh, to include it on a future edition of the Indie Roundup. Thank you all so much for listening. Uh, again, check out our interview with Gino Medina. That will be out now, if it is not, very, very soon. Uh, Major League Wrestling star, big independent wrestling star, and really a, a flag bearer of Lucha Libre. Uh, that interview will be up on LuchaCentral.com, all of the streaming platforms, and our partners at TheChairShot.com. For Brendan Barr and Dusty Murphy, this is Miranda Morales. Thank you all so much for listening, and we will be back with you next week.